And now I want to introduce today's speaker. Mindy, if you'll come up. Uh, Mindy McClanahan is uh, a friend of mine. She and I went to school together uh, and both came out of seminary and into uh, the Northwest Texas Annual Conference at the same time. And uh, we've never... Uh, I don't know if we've ever lived in the same town until just a few years ago, right? Uh, she served in Abilene and then the, uh, the, the town of Miami, Texas, up north of Amarillo, and then uh, in Muleshoe for several years just down the road. And for the past two years, she has been right here across the street at our conference office. And she mainly serves to equip our clergy, and uh, us clergy need a lot of equipping. So she has uh, a big job uh, and, and so we are grateful. She has been a part of our uh, fellowship for a couple of years now, and she uh, usually attends here at this 930 service. So I am excited to uh, have Mindy not just be out there uh, quietly listening and soaking in, but uh, preaching and giving us the word of the Lord today. So thank you for being here. Can I say a quick prayer? Thank you. Okay, yes. Lord, would you just uh, pour out your Holy Spirit on Mindy? And uh, just give us your word, Lord. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. We love you, Lord. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you, Billy. Well, good morning, church. You guys look a little bit different from up here than when I'm sitting out there. I appreciate Bailey giving us this opportunity to share with you a little of my faith journey and my experience of God's grace. Since you don't know me, I thought that that would be a good place to start in case... Uh, if it goes well, maybe some other day I'll have another chance to speak to you again. Um, I did, as Bailey mentioned, we went to seminary together and uh, got to know Bailey there and have always uh, felt close to him and Randa. Uh, Randa and I uh, worked in the children's ministry at Wilmore United Methodist Church while we were there, and so I, have a, I feel a close connection to both of them. Would you pray with me? Come Holy Spirit. Fill me that I might speak the word that you have for your people this day. Open our ears and our hearts and our minds to hear the message that you have regardless of what I say. May your word take root in our hearts and in our lives and bear much fruit for your kingdom. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So as I said, since most of you don't know me, I wanted to tell a little of my faith story. And if you were here last week, you will remember Steve's excellent message about the meaning of redemption and how each one of us has our own story about our own redemption. In other words, about how God has brought us back home into his family. The story of redemption for each of us is still being written. It's not, an, it's not ended yet. As God continues to offer his life-transforming grace through his Holy Spirit at work in us and continues to bring us more fully home through life lived in relationship with our loving God. Each of us has our own story, and I will share a little of mine in a few minutes. But first, let me say that in addition to our individual stories, there is the greater story of all of us, of God redeeming the world. We read about how this story began in the Bible, 
and recently my friend Jeff, who is with us today, and he didn't know I was going to mention him, but uh, he's, been, he's also been away studying, and uh, in one of his classes, a Bible class, he had to answer a question, and he asked me to, to give my answer to that question, and the question is, in two sentences or less, what is the Bible? I, I think that's a good question. What is the Bible? In two sentences or less? Well, some may say that the Bible is a collection of books with different kinds of writing, including history and prophecy and poetry and proverbs. Others might say that the Bible is a book of rules to guide our lives. And some may say that the Bible is God's love letter to us. Perhaps you have a different answer. What would you say? What is the Bible to you? Well, here's my answer. The Bible is the story of God's relationship with his people. The Bible is the story of God's relationship with his people. When I read the Bible, I see a God of relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living in loving relationship. I see this God creating everything and creating us humans to live in loving relationship with him and with one another. I think the Bible is a story about God's invitation and God's effort to live in relationship with us and our struggle, often our resistance, to respond to God's invitation and to live in that relationship. In part, this story of the Bible is about God's relationship with a group of people, Israel in the Old Testament and later called the Jews, and in the New Testament, the church. Some parts of the Bible tell the story of God's relationship with a smaller group of people, such as Abraham's family or the disciples. And sometimes it is the story of God's relationship with individuals, like Moses and David and Paul. For me, the Bible is many things, but primarily it is the story of God's relationship with his people. Furthermore, it seems to me that each one of us has our own particular, our own unique story about God's relationship with us. You have a story about your relationship with God, and I have a story. And so let me tell you a little of my story. I, when I was a child, my mother took me to church. It was not a Methodist church, but it was a church where I learned many stories from the Bible in Sunday school and vacation Bible school. I loved going to Sunday school where we sang songs about how Jesus loved us and we learned those stories in the Bible. However, I did not really like going to big church or worship. You see, the preacher of that church, his his style of preaching was to scare people about the threat of spending eternity in hell in order to get us saved. I did not enjoy going to church. Still, through the ministry of that church, primarily Sunday school and vacation Bible school, I developed what I consider to be a a good foundational faith. I learned that God created everything. I learned that Adam and Eve disobeyed God by eating the fruit. And I knew that, like Adam and Eve, we all are sinners who have disobeyed God and therefore need to repent of our sins and receive forgiveness through faith in Jesus, God's Son. I knew that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead in victory over sin and death. I knew all of that. Yet for me, faith was still more about avoiding eternal punishment than about receiving God's love and grace 
freely offered to us through Jesus Christ. Now, in spite of this perspective, even as a child, I knew that I was called to ministry. I don't remember exactly uh, how old I was when I received this call. I think probably about nine, maybe ten. I remember that I was in that state between being asleep and being awake, and God placed in my mind a definite knowledge of this call to ministry. It was very clear to me that God was speaking to me, not in an audible voice, but by placing information in my mind, and I knew it was from God. God told me that when I grew up, my life would be about serving God in a set-apart way, like, like a preacher or a, a missionary. This was very clear to me, even though I had never seen a woman pastor, and I did not even know that women could be pastors. So I was a bit confused about how this would be, since obviously I was a girl. I did not tell anyone about this experience, because who would believe me? But I never forgot it either, and I always knew I always knew that someday God's plan for my life would come true, though it was not something that I necessarily desired or that I pursued for many years. While I was in high school, all my friends stopped going to Sunday school and to youth group, and by the time I was 16, I also stopped going. In fact, my whole family kind of drifted away from the church during that time, but my sister began attending United Methodist Youth Group with her friends. Soon she became very involved in the United Methodist Church in our hometown. She even went to a United Methodist college. And after graduation, she spent three years serving in a United Methodist mission in Kentucky. Then she became the director of a community-wide youth program in Ohio. During this time, I was not participating in any church. But I was taking note as I watched my sister live her faith in every aspect of her life. As I said during that time, I mostly ignored God. Instead of seeking purpose for my life through a relationship with Christ, I looked for meaning in life through psychology classes, self-help books, and through human relationships. I earned a degree in elementary education, and I began teaching, and I loved teaching. But soon I knew that there was something vitally important that was missing in my life. Now, since I had grown up going to church, and since my sister had shown me a wonderful example of what it means to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ, I knew what was missing in my life. I knew that I was a sinner in need of God's grace. I knew that I needed to repent of my rebellion against God in trying to live my life apart from God. I knew that God would forgive me and welcome me home if I would choose to return to him. So one night, I prayed that prayer. I confessed my sin and asked God to be, and asked Jesus to be Lord of my life. Not just my Savior, but my Lord. Now, I was in my own home. There was no one else around, but I was not alone. God was there. And as soon as I began to pray that prayer, I sensed my Heavenly Father run to me 
embrace me in his loving arms just like that scripture describes. I knew that he was welcoming me home. It was just like the story of the prodigal son, the loving father in welcoming the prodigal home. I returned to the church where I had grown up, and I began to worship there regularly. Later, I changed to the Methodist church. Though I have certainly sinned and fallen short many times since then, from that moment on, from that moment on, I have lived in relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. That was my turning point. That was when my new life, my real life, my life in Christ began. I think this passage from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, explains what God did for me. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else. But God, God who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the results of works, so that no one may boast, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Though God loves each and every one of us and invites us to live in relationship with him, we have all turned away. We have turned away from God and his love for us in order to go our own way to be in control of our own life, to be our own God. We have separated ourselves from God by the choices that we have made. Like the prodigal son, we have left our true home with God. But God loves us too much to leave us in our sinful state in that far country. God never gives up on any one of us. He waits and watches for us to return home to him. He waits and watches for you to return home to him. I promise you, there is nothing we can do. There is nothing you have done. There is nothing that I have done that is beyond God's grace. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is sufficient to cover every sin, even my sin, even your sin. So if you are in the far country, separated from God by your sin. Trust me, God has made a way for you to come home, to be forgiven, to be redeemed. God sent his son Jesus to be born into human life, to heal us, to teach us, and to invite us to live in relationship with him. We rejected Jesus and crucified him. 
But God raised Jesus from the dead. And all who believe in Jesus as God's Son and Savior and who choose to follow him are being saved from our sin and given a new life. Through faith in Jesus the Christ, we are redeemed. We are restored to our true home. God offers each and every one of us this gift. We call it grace. It is the gift of a relationship with God. But we must receive this gift. We must receive the relationship that God offers to us. We must receive the life that God calls us to live. And when we choose to receive the life that Jesus offers, we are also given the gift of the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live this new, abundant, everlasting life as a follower of Jesus the Christ. So if you have never received this gift, if you have not yet responded to God's offer, if you have never entered into a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ and received the life that he offers to you, I invite you to do that today. It is the best decision that you will ever make. It is the most important decision that you will ever make. God is waiting for you to make that decision, to return to him. And when you decide to return to him, God will run to meet you. He will hold you in his loving arms. He will welcome you home, and he will give you the power of the Holy Spirit to become the faithful follower of Jesus Christ that he created you to be. So why wait any longer? Come home. Receive the gift of real life, abundant life, everlasting life through faith in Jesus the Christ. Do it today. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I suspect that many of you have already made that decision. You have already been redeemed, or at least you are on that journey of redemption. You have said yes to God's offer of a relationship, and you have received the gift of life and the relationship that God offers you through faith in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. But let me assure you this. This is not a one-time decision. This is not a one-chapter book. This is a decision that we make again and again. You see, once we take that first step toward home, God invites us to take another step closer to home. God invites us to take another step closer to him into a more intimate relationship with the God who loves us and wants us to live and to grow in relationship with him. And after we take the next step toward home, God invites us to take the next step and the next step and the next step. There is always another step closer to God, another step of faith, another step in our journey home, another chapter in our story that God wants to write. So where are you in that journey today? What is the next step of faith that God is calling you to take as he continues to write your redemption story? Perhaps God is calling you to take that first step today. If so, take it. Put your faith in Jesus and experience the life-changing grace that he offers. 
Perhaps God is calling you to take a step closer to him through study, perhaps uh, by joining a Bible study class or, or a small group. If that's the step God is calling you to take, take it. Maybe God is calling you to lead a Bible study or a small group. Maybe God is calling you to share what you have learned with others. If so, say yes. Lord, with your help, I will share my story and your story with others. Maybe God is calling you to help create an environment where people experience Jesus by serving as a greeter or making coffee or serving communion in our worship services here. If so, fill out the serve card today. Maybe God is calling you to join a ministry team through this church or some other organization or even to begin a ministry that God has placed on your heart. If so, answer that call. Take that step. Or maybe, maybe, maybe God is calling you to vocational ministry as a licensed or ordained pastor. That's a call that God placed on Jeff's life, and he has answered. If you are sensing that call, please talk to Bailey or to Augie or to me or to another pastor. Let us help you take that step of faith. Wherever you are in your faith journey, I'm sure of this. God is calling you to take another step. God is writing your redemption story. Find out what the next chapter holds for you. Say yes to God's call. Say yes to God's grace. Say yes. And join God in writing the next chapter of your story. Let us pray.